Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Oh, you got water. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I love this I love a good Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified host, Steve Lucky Luciano. Hey, if you like the Hard Luck Show, then hit the like. And you need to subscribe. So hit the subscribe button Mondays and Thursdays. You can find us at www. Um, hardluckshow.com and you can listen to us there or you can go to YouTube and watch us, alright? Mondays and Thursdays. My co-host and partner is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian in here with a fantastic guest once again. 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 <laughs> well paid. <laughs> again. And old blue eyes and Sean Lewis certified. Audio professional engineer for the Hard Luck Show. Uh, master of suspense. High, high, high paid, highest paid producer in Los Angeles. They call him Big Money Show. And we got uh, King Salmon and Big Pick Mike uh, backing up visuals, sound, media. Right, all uh, anything. Guest uh, green room. Uh, regress retrieval, right? Fluff, fluffing, refill the peanuts. Fluffing, fluffing, fluffing. fluffing. Yep. Right. Yeah. Moving lights. Moving lights around. Knocking lights over. <laughs> Bringing food. Eating food. <laughs> Eating food. Um, we have a guest on, a reoccurring guest. This gentleman's been on before. He has a amazing, amazing story. This guy has come so far. He's been through so much and, and has really come out the other side of him. He's really doing some good work, man. Um, Let's introduce Anthony back to the show. Hey. Anthony, what's up, man? Thank you very much. That's great being here. Thank I don't you. know if you were on YouTube yet. I don't. I think you were I all ha- audios, it right? He was too handsome. Oh, he <laughs> was too. He had to give us a chance. We had to catch up to you. Yeah. Yeah, we had to catch up to you, <laughs> bro. The whole reason we got hair. this shit was because of you. Yeah, dog. manicured facial hair, the yeah. smile. Look at that. So I, got I gotta it. be smiling. I, I gotta always have to be grateful, man. Always grateful. Uh, Great tool, gratitude. right? Yes. Gratitude. Gratitude all day long, because it was. This was never supposed to happen. This was never supposed to happen mm. at all. No. So why don't you like, give us a quick uh, for the people who are uninitiated why it wasn't supposed to happen and why it's happening? Yeah, man. I mean, listen, this, this guy, this gentleman, my 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 son uh, works at a place, and um, and this. This gentleman had met my son, and he had had some some experiences. He'd gone away for a while, and, and that's how we met. And yeah, absolutely, Anthony. You kind of take it. Take us. To, just give us the the short little, so that our listeners know who you are. The short little version. All right. So I did twenty eight years in prison for a senseless murder and three attempts. Uh, never should have happened. I was I was stuck in some. I was stuck in a cycle, bro. I, I call it the um, the hamster wheel. I was stuck in a hamster wheel of just um, chaos, destruction uh, for so long, and ended up doing. I I, I got life sentence, a twenty five to life sentence plus life, mm-hmm. and this was in nineteen ninety. Where when you got life, you were never coming home. Right, right. Was it. you were stuck. You're gonna the die homies, in prison. Most de- most definitely, the homies first thing told they told you was, "You're never going home, homie." that's it you're stuck and it's like okay and basically i just ran with um the dirt i was stuck in i ran with that and um, got involved with the the politics in prison of course i mean i was not going to be a victim i was going to be the hunter Mm -hmm. and so i ran with it and for 28 years um well not even the whole 28 years because i finally got my shit together uh 
and I was still never supposed to come home. And I would say in 2014, you know, the light clicked, like it's time, it's time to do something different. Got tired of staying in the dirt, had to wash myself off, and um, went through the process of change, which was not easy. Mm-hmm. Inside. Uh, inside. It's not, it, change is not easy. Mm-hmm. And so when I started my change, you know, I, I, I had to figure out who I was and everything, and basically took me a while never going home wanted to find joy just even in a in a hellhole and i and i did i found some kind of joy just being there um, doing what i needed to do for myself for my family for my victims and next thing you know boom they come out with this law saying okay you you fall under this category it's 260 uh sb 261 where it's diminished capacity as a youth because I was convicted at 18 years old. Right. And so I was like, oh, shoot, you're going to open the door and let me go home? Shoot, I'm going to run for the door. Mm -hmm. Right. And I did. um, Went to my first board hearing, didn't make it. I had entitlement issues. And so I I waited another year and a half. And next thing you know, um, man, I'm going to just say I was blessed to come home. What just for the people who don't know, what is the diminished capacity at eighteen? What's the idea there? That uh, as as men, we our men, our mind, our brain doesn't fully mature until we're twenty five years old. Um, so being eighteen years old, they've uh, being convicted of a murder and three attempts. They figured me uh, considered me a youth still, meaning you couldn't formulate. Because your brain wasn't developed, you couldn't make reasoned judgment that would land you in prison for the rest of your life. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So, uh, go ahead. No, I got... Because when you... And, and, and correct me, I'm not... I, I don't recall exactly in the way you laid out. <clears throat> you started changing your life. Yes. Prior to getting this news. Yes. Right. And so when that news came down the pipe, did it come with a set of things that you needed to do or it didn't? So you just thought you had it coming. Well, for decades, people didn't even you didn't even hear of anybody going to board, getting out. It was like a secret. Not. It was a secret. It was like, man, if they were going, they didn't tell you. And they already knew what was going to be the outcome. Um, once the law changed and you started seeing people going home, it was like, OK, I need to start figuring this out you go in front of a board and that and there's three main things we they want you to understand insight responsibility and remorse and if you can't explain your story as to far as far as you know point a as a child this this trauma this hurt happened to me and i took it and snowballed it into such such a monster to where i i was okay with killing a person and injuring three other people and then having the understanding okay so what solutions did you take to change that what did you do right and basically groups um self-reflection um just studying like literally learning about yourself is a second job Mm -hmm. it is um and it was it was a lot of work because i didn't even know who the hell i was everything that i learned was word beliefs and um values that i accepted from everybody else and i ran with that Mm. so it was me crushing all that and it's trying to develop my own my own values, my own code of conduct, and running with that. And then explaining that to the board, and not only that, feeling sorry for what I did, having some kind of remorse for what I did, um, contributing to my community, and that at the time my community was the prison yard. Right. And you had to explain all that. You have to literally explain that, because it's like, it's the biggest interview of your life. Right. And it was literally for my life to be, <clears throat> catch some freedom here. <clears throat> A second chance and man I mean the first time was was hard um, the second time was a lot easier and uh, like I said uh, I was blessed to just be able to get the chance to come home man because I, I I'm taking full advantage of this second chance at life when you went to board the first time how long was it before you went the second time about a year and a half okay all right well yeah. I think it makes I mean on the one hand part of it is well, I could see on one on one side you would look at this situation and say like well, that's a that's a tall order. On the flip side, you could also look at the situation and say, if you got life, however they defined what the rules were, right? It's arbitrary as to what the actual requirements you need to fulfill. But if you can't just even follow our directions, we're not going to let you out of here. Right. 
And that's essentially what they handed down to you, right? Most definitely, because any little write-up, uh, uh, it's they're called 115s or 128s or just like chronos, like um, counseling chronos. Right. Anything like that is you can't follow the rules. Right. Any kind of rule. Right. So denied. Right. And then probably somewhere. Fuck, man. And probably somewhere Fuck. along the way they're thinking like, and if we make him mad, if we frustrate this guy, is he going to spin Flip out? out. Or is he gonna? Get- they do that anyways. They, no. they 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 do those things just to kind of see where you're at. Kind of yeah. like in rehab, right? In treatment, right? They'll come up with a fake scenario. Hey, everybody's going to the carnival. You know what? I don't think you need to go to the carnival. <laughs> <laughs> they, you, they, yeah, they I do get- shit like that, right? Yeah. They just these fake little things they throw in front of you to see how you'll react. Is he really clean and sober? Is he really, you know what I'm saying? Is he gonna go out the door the first? But they do stuff like no, that. No, they right? actually do because mm-hmm. before you go to board, you have to go to a psych hearing. Right. And the psych is there to do the whole poking the bear kind of thing. It's <laughs> yeah. like, let's see, let's see if, if I could trigger this fool to do something stupid. Right. right. Or say something stupid. Right. And that's that's the first test. And then right. when you go into the board, it's a whole different because when you get in there, you start they make you feel comfortable. Hey, how is your day? You know, yeah. yada yada yada. And right. then when, as soon as the well, we're gonna start recording. And then next thing you know, it's like, so why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all of a sudden, like on yeah, the hard luck yeah, show. All, hey, all, right. the uh, <laughs> all the cameras go. Uh, how are you using that word? What do you mean by that? Yeah, oh, and, and it's, it's and that's all it is. It's just test. Boom. When you say, I mean, and listen, dude. I mean, uh, like you said, you, you twenty, li- twenty five to life with a life. Yes. When you hear that coming down, especially like you said in the nineties. Yeah. You, you ain't, man. It's a wrap, you know? You they know, start throwing the extra life on there. That's to make sure that you serve the life, you know? Check check this out. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, oh sorry. No, no I was going to say, I was just as you were saying that about the 90s, when I was in law school, there was a professor, Professor Naomi Goodnow. She wrote an article that I had to study that was all about the three strikes law actually works. Mm-hmm. That was her position. And she yeah. wrote a 40-page document citing cases and all this other stuff that you do three strikes, crime goes down, it works. Mm-hmm. And tough being tough on crime. So that's the era you're talking about when you're saying, like, they gave you the life. It wasn't like, and, you know, shh, no one's looking, but don't worry. In about 20 years, we'll loosen everything up. Right, and you'll right, be right. There was none of that. Oh, no. None. No. No, because no even when I, uh, in the... Okay, so I got um, busted in 90 in October. Yeah. And I ain't going to lie. I, I went through San Bernardino County, and it was like, it was a bunch of us youngsters, all 18, 19 years old, just busted. And they were just stretching us out. Mm. Everybody that went, life, 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 life. Right. And I was like, damn. That's and all. that's all it was. They were just cracking everyone. And then the three strikes three came strikes out. Came and, and 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 three strikes came in. And they were like, yeah. So you, you'd get struck out for a nickel, a rock, or you would try and take a deal, which would really fuck you up. <laughs> Motherfuckers would take a deal for 18 to avoid the life sentence. And you're talking about, I'm talking about a nickel or a piece of heroin, tiny. They're like, I don't want to get struck out. And then, and then you have well-paid academics who don't set foot in that zone writing articles saying, you know, it's working. It's a good thing. And right. governors right. and people re- reading that. Yeah. Think about that. She had, she'd never been in your situation. She didn't know. She didn't care. Well, they, you hear about the story. That's all it was. You hear about the stories right. of even before, That's right. even before the 90s, in the 80s, when was it Gray Davis or who was in there? And they had the five to lives, seven to life. Yeah. But and you had dudes that were stuck. down 35. They're still in there now. Man. You know, like, there is crazy. But I, I said all that to say, bro, when when you say 28 years, bro, it's a, that's a long, that's a fucking, that's a motherfucking stretch, dog. It is. It, it. That's not like, oops, I fucked up. We're hitting you with a dime or 12. Or five. You know? I mean, five's a long fucking time. No, but you know what? And I, you're I, like, I, here I you go. Saying, really mind I'll somebody. tell you what. I'll tell you what. Hmm. I, I needed to do that time. You needed, you needed to do every day. I needed to do that time because I could tell you this. Cause, and this is a cold thing that I used to tell guys. Because you, you've seen the guys that used to do the revolving door kind of thing. Yeah. And I got close to a few of them. And, and this one guy in particular was like, yeah, I'm getting ready to go home, big dog. You know, I'm not coming back, yada, yada, yada. Mm. And I'm like, all right. I go, you know what, man? I go, if you come back, I'm not fucking with you. 
And he was like, nah, but deal. And I'm like, okay. Six months later, this guy rolls up on the yard. He sees me. Anthony, what's up, bro? Big dog. And I look at him. And I'm like, oh, hell no. And I turn around. And I just started walking away. And he ran up to me. He was like, what's up, homie? You know, I'm back. You know, yada, yada. And I'm like, dude, I already told you. You come back, I'm not fucking with you. And he got butt hurt. But I was serious. And, and the thing about it was, was, and I and I say it in my mind. And I look back and it's stupid. But I said, man, if they would if I got out, I wouldn't be coming back, homie. And look, you came out. I got life. But I'm thinking, I was still in my dirt at that time. And if they would have let me out, you would have gotten. I would have been dead or back in prison. I still didn't learn back right, then. Right. Hmm. That's interesting. And, and it took, and, and people tell me, do you, do you think you deserve that time? And I said, you know what? I accept it. Which because, is different than deserves. Yeah. I, I mean, I accept all of it because I would not be the person I am today if I didn't do that time. You know what, man? That's kind of a weird question. Somebody has to ask you that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, what are you going to say? It, it happened. Like what? It, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. How do you answer that? I mean, I think saying I accept it's good, but it's kind of a crazy question because it's like, how is someone going to ask you? Do, you? do you think you deserve it? I mean, I did. I mean, I did. A life was taken and three people were injured. I, I, I mean, I caused a lot of chaos in my youth. I did. I hurt a lot of people. And for me to get out of that dirt, yeah, it took all that. Just yeah. to find out who I was, to to let me know who I was, because like I said, I didn't even know who I was. I didn't have my likes were other people's likes. I didn't know who I was. I use the analogy, the broken puzzle. Mm. That was me fixing, putting the pieces together, and all that. I needed to do that to figure out who I was and find somebody you know that I could be proud of in, my, in myself. Because think about this: I got home, and my cousin told me this. I was already three and a half years out, and she had, and she told me she goes. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said you're proud of yourself because of what you did as far as like, you know, your change and all that stuff? And I'm Mm. like thinking, I'm like, damn, I haven't. I go, I've came a long way. I mean, I was, and I'll say it, I was a piece of shit. Hmm. I did some dirt. And for me to, you know, get past that and discover, you know, the, the true me, the authentic me, man, I should be proud of who I am now because what I'm doing now is is amazing i'm doing some amazing stuff and i'm and i I literally went back that night after we went out and i was like i looked in the mirror i said i'm proud of you motherfucker how how, was that awkward was it weird it it was weird because when she told me i looked in the sky like a dumbass like damn have i ever done that and i and i thought about it i go you know what i haven't told myself i'm proud of myself for just accomplishing it because it's hard you bro because it's hard yeah it, it yes i get it I, I, I forget exactly what you're saying. I had a similar thing just recently. Just recently you I had did? something very similar. <laughs> what? Go ahead. I'm, I'm just going like, you did? <laughs> I'm like, really? No, I had a similar thing recently as in uh, somebody had said to me, hey, man, it's kind of crazy that, you, you know, your life was over here and over there and where you're at and did all these different things. And I was kind of like, I stepped and I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Most motherfuckers get caught up in the cycle. They can't get out. I, 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 not, I wasn't taking responsibility, but for a moment I was able to see myself outside of myself and say, damn, dude, like, you have done, you, you have taken some negatives and you have turned them into positives. Not at the level, I say all that to say to you, bro. People write books and movies and stories about this type of stuff. Dude, I tell you, 99.9% of the planet will never get to experience what you've experienced on this planet. Right. No, most, yeah. <laughs> from from here to here to here, like, n- nobody, bro, like, you're, there, there's, there's not a lot of people like you. You've had experiences that are extremely valuable. You've, you've had to sit and, and go through some things that most human beings will never have to. Will never, would never have to get their fortification tested like that. Dude. Mm. And dude, I think and, people and do. You not only do you, <laughs> you would have done a, it would have been big just making it out. Yeah. Just making yeah. it out of that, dude. Just to come home. 
whether you didn't do anything but sit on the, the, the couch the rest of the time you're out and eat fucking <laughs> Pioneer chicken. That would be a feat. Bugles. To, to have your head together and not full of holes and yeah, be like, yeah, I yeah. made it. That in itself yeah. would be like, are you kidding me? But for what you're doing, dude, and where you've taken your life through this process, like, I would say that person's right that told you, and I would say that you need to do whatever you need to do to practice and make sure that you really, really get a grip on that and know that, man, in your heart, man. Like, yeah. you're one of our... And whenever I see you, bro, <laughs> whenever I think about you and your page comes up, I'm like, I really am. I haven't known you that long, man, but I'm extremely moved by your story, who you are, what you do, your commitment to this, your consistency the whole time I've known you. No, I appreciate that, look. And, um, and, and dude, I mean, I listened to your first story when you took us through it, bro, yeah. and the politics man, and so where you were going and the dudes that were kind of like showing you the way and... And all this shit you had there. And I remember talking about that show. And I remember I remember sharing with some people when I got out that everybody has this idea that when the hammer comes down and you get convicted of whatever time they're going to give you, that I think people think that uh, a lot of people are like, all of a sudden the change happens. Like, oh my God, I fucked my life up to but I ran into a lot of guys in prison, man, that they had caught a guy bust for a couple murders, and they weren't done, man. Yeah. They were doing that in there. It didn't phase them. Right. They were on mission. I knew guys that started turning their life around after fucking being down three, four decades, man. Three, four decades. These guys are, these guys are doing shit and living the same way as when they got grabbed on the street. They continued. Yeah. Because it's easy. Right? It and was easy. It was... I mean, literally, and I use this. It was easy to just step in them shoes because it was like living in the street. It was like living in the projects, being inside. It really was. It's, it's to not change is easy. To not have to change is easy. Exactly. Right. Because I was, I was doing the same things inside as soon as I got in. And then you just learn a whole lot more. You learn the structure. You learn the rules. Okay, these are the new rules of the, because it's a small world. We have our own rules, regulations. Oh, okay, this is what, it's, this is what it is. I'll follow the rules. Isn't it crazy how we're able to make do with so little, so little, little, little? <laughs> and it don't matter where they put you. Like, people are like, how did you do it? And how would you live in a cell? How are you doing? Like, you just do. And you make yeah. do all the ways to the motherfucking you hole. Yeah. When you don't have nothing <laughs> except your motherfucking socks and, and boxers a pair of boxers on. Right? on. That's and, it. I mean, <laughs> and, and you're in a community where everyone else is doing the same thing. Yeah. So you well, can see it can get done. Right, dog. So, uh, but you just you 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 now that that one plate that's coming in the morning is like the biggest breakfast ever. You're excited when that motherfucker the sack lunch or you get a cookie. You're like, damn, I don't, do I want to eat half of it right now? Save it later. It's like a book. Don't read through your book too quick. You gotta you gotta time pace it. yourself. You gotta, you gotta pace it. You gotta, you gotta pace it, bro. You, gotta, you don't want to beat your neighbor. You know, I remember making mistakes like that and like all these little things, and it's like. Uh, Man, dude, I just, I'm happy to be with somebody that's home from all that. And not only home, but that, like you say, that you you needed that time, dude, to find out who you were. When you start talking like that, it starts making me think that, like, I don't want to sound fucked up, but, like, is this shit kind of already mapped out? Was Was this intended to happen for you to get to here? Was it part of a big plan. design? Yeah. Was it was it by design? Like I'm not saying that's the case, but it's like it makes you start thinking, dude. When you say stuff like, you know, it took me that long for either it to get out of me or for me to decide to have enough courage or strength to make a different move and start finding out who I my likes were other people's likes. You didn't know you from anybody else when you walked in. Your yeah. follower, or you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And um, how did you how did you turn the corner or talk about the struggle with because in certain situations you have a a moral or a, outside people might not call it morals or whatever. But like you said, there's regulations, there's beliefs, there's a code of conduct. Right. And there's a loyalty. Right. Exactly. And I could see somebody in a situation like that thinking about making a real change in their life. 
and having to turn their back on certain things and being confused by it thinking or am i being weak by not holding on oh no oh, definitely that's that's the main thing the 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 main thing that that triggers people that trips people up is the fear factor i fear of the fear of being judged by the homies and i get that a lot from the guys inside i mean, mm -hmm. literally the fear um am i going to be looked at weak now i built up this persona this moniker and now if i do this and i start uh, you know doing a good program and all that stuff and shy away from the homies uh, what are they going to think about me and i and i that was me i mean i played the fence for a long time trying to figure it out because i was scared to even ask people like hey man you know can i get some help trying to figure this you know me and my change it was it was scary because i don't want to talk to I ain't going to trust you with, you know, whatever I got to talk about because I don't know what the hell you're going to do with that information. Right. That's the fear. Not only that, are they going to see me in a different light? And it's like, I had to put that away. That's the main thing. If you can put that away, you're good. What about the, what about the inside though? I mean, is, was there a time where there was a part of you that was the homie on the inside that, for, okay, so I get the outside ones, but I know me, like, let's say I joined the military, right? There would be a time where I would be talking to a pacifist, right? And they were making some sense, but I would be thinking internally like, no, you're a soldier. Now, you believe that or not, Chumon? Are you going to cave in to this fucking bullshit? How do you, why do you think that's real and, and, and the soldier part of you isn't the real one? Did you have an internal struggle like that too? Most definitely. Because it, you figure I, di I did that for so long. Right. I lived in the dirt. I, I built a person up to be, not, I want to say feared, but just as far as like, I have a reputation to uphold now. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that to dwindle. It needs to stay where it needs, on the mantle. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. I mean, inside, you, you are the soldier. Basically, if you're not running the show, you're the soldier. You're, you, you're going to do what you're told. And that's the thing where you have to separate yourself because for me, it was like, you know what? I know where I got to hang out at, but if I leave that alone, out of sight, out of mind. And not only that, you get in a lot of these youngsters that come in nowadays and it's like, okay, fresh fish, let's teach them the rules. They want to be, they want to raise their hand for everything. After a while, it's like, dude, I've already put in my, my work, bro. It's like, it's getting tired, this, this, this roller coaster I'm on. It's time to get off. And my thing was, was I did get the pushback from a lot of guys, man. Oh, you soft now, homie. You know, you don't know. What are you doing going to, to, to the groups and shit like that? What's going on with that? And it's like, mm -hmm. you know what? I go, you know what? I need to do this for myself, homie. I go, I, I got to. I go, am I disturbing you doing what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. And always in the back of my mind. And and here's the thing. When I, when I decided to, I mean, when I finally committed, I stopped playing the fence. I made a commitment to myself. I go, you know what? I'm gonna do or die for this. Mm -hmm. I I did. I was doing it for my hood. Right. Mm -hmm. it, I was gonna live or die for my hood. So why not do it for myself? Mm -hmm. Right. And you know what? And um, that wasn't easy. But it was like, you know what? I'm not gonna sit here and watch my back because once I started my change, I, I was feeling happy about things I was doing. My my family started seeing a change in me, mm -hmm. and they were happy about it. And it's like, you know what? I'm gonna do this. And if they want to freaking beat me down, whatever, I'll take the beat down. I don't care. I'm not going to change who I, who I, who I want to be. Because I finally, my thing was, you know what? I came in with this number. This is my HO1753 mm -hmm. number. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have you on it. Your picture ain't, we ain't sitting side by side in a photo booth in that picture. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is my picture. This is mm -hmm. my time. I'm going to do it how I want to do it now. And I did. And... I was like, you know what, be damned. You know, you want to do something about it, go ahead. I mean, they would talk shit behind my back, and I, you know, do what you do. But here's the kicker on that one. When I got my date and I was going home, the same guys that used to talk shit, hey, Ann, can you help me out? Can I pull you from the side and, you know, can you look at some stuff for me? And I could have been an asshole and say, well, fuck you. Right, right. You know what I mean? And it's like, but that wasn't me. That's not who I built myself up to be. You know what? Yeah, I got you. It was a whole different change because they seen, you know, hey, man, this freaking dude, he, he was serious about it, what he was trying to do because I was determined, man, literally, because 
when you when you're being told you're never going home and then you open a door man now i have some hope all right that's the thing now i got some hope hell i'm gonna run for the door the hope bye. of all you need is uh, bye, about the hope of a mustard seed, right? <laughs> like, bye, Felicia. <laughs> Doors open. I'm going for it. I don't know about you guys. You want hope's to a hope's an incredible thing, isn't it? It is. It really is, man. It's it's like Don. It's like TNT. <laughs> it really is, dog. Like they say, a mustard seed of hope, bro, can fuel your ass to like yeah. you know to do incredible things. I mean, either way. I hope I'm going to get some dope. I hope I'm going to get, but your ass can get moving behind some dope, some hope, some yeah. dope and some hope. That's right? True. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, dude. Crazy. But yeah, bro. It's, it's a. Those stories are crazy, right? Yeah, I, I, I love it because I think every, I mean, not everybody can relate to the exact circumstances, but everybody can relate to being a part of some group and then realizing, wait a minute, this is my life. I mean, that's a long walk right there. But not only that, here here's the thing too. When you start looking at the picture from the outside through a different lens, it's like, damn, all everything you taught me and and, we're, and what I'm supposed to believe is all a sham. Right. It's all a sham. Oh, right. And it's like, dude, I the the I'm, I can see clearly now. Mm. You ain't got me all freaking in the clouds. Right. It's like I can see what you got going on here, and it's crooked as hell. I'm cool with all that. Right, but it's also a little bit about self-preservation at that point, too, because you got to, not maybe you personally, but it's also, I would think, difficult to say, I'm changing my life now, but I'm, I also understand where everything's supposed to be. Yes. Right? And so I think a lot of guys also probably think about that and think about, like, how am I going to, maybe they don't have the courage to navigate their own path because they're afraid of what might come. The fear. Fear's right. an incredible thing in there, man, because that's the thing. It, you fear what the other people are going to think about you. The other piece of it is, too, is that if you do level up, maybe let's you know take it out of this context. You can put it in other contexts, right? At a, at a job, right? Ford manufacturing plant. And you do level up, and you show, like, yeah, it is possible, and guess what? You know, uh, you can have a different life. It does get better. It can, if people are able to leave a system, it can start undoing all kinds of stuff. Sure, it is. I mean, it 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 really is is. right now. Right, and then you start a lot going on in there, dude. There's a lot of shit going on. So many people, yeah. So many people are coming home now that they're literally shutting prisons down. Right, and man, that's incredible because for long time and we said mentioned this earlier all they did was house people yeah it was just housing us we used to call ourselves um, cattle you're just housing us like cattle right and now it's like you're all your cattle's leaving now i think that the (laughs) the prison system probably going all the way back to ancient rome really has always been known as a way to get forced labor and money from the state i I, I think by the time of ancient Rome and all of these things, what they used to do is if you got in trouble in ancient Rome, well, then you'd either go to fight pits for public entertainment right. or, you know, you'd have to work in the worst jobs. And the worst jobs you could get in Rome at that time was working in the mines. A lot of them were sulfur mines and all shit. People would just fucking die, be caked with shit, working seven days a week. And, it, and it's like kind of it's still the same way here. And so it is housing people, and it's all about how do we move large groups of people through this system to turn a giant wheel for the state and for the upper crust people to be able to continue to live how they feel they're entitled to live. Oh, yeah, they got a, they got a mind in there. It's called PIA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's where they make all their money, yeah. the prison industry authority. That's where right. they make all their money. Right, and there was this book... Golden Gulag, the professor talked a little bit about that, where they talked about California CDC is like one of the biggest government entities, strongest union in the world. Yeah, that union, they can't they can't break that union. The union they can bust is all the regular working unions in all the jobs in California. But the the prison guard one, they can't break that one. That one they allow. Hey, let me ask them. Go ahead. (laughs) The prison guard ones. Um, that motherfuckers, their union, look what they're dealing with. 
How they've got they've got the you know look what they're dealing with look what their job is so those guys all just threaten to come off the job and go on strike. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Well, a I mean, good. like people are gonna get scared. They'd be like, whatever you do, pay the fucking guards what they want, right? Yeah, you don't so want to try to bring in scabs. It's, no, it's almost like how uh, uh, who's the guy that Hoffa right threatening. That they're gonna stop the trucking. You stop the trucking in this country, and everything it stops, stops, bro. And they have that power to stop it, you know, or yeah. stop the docks and everything. When you have that, when you're playing with certain in certain areas, you can flip that card because you you stand in that position. And with the fucking prisoners, though, especially where California was, yeah, when we had fucking more prisons than anywhere in the world were just in yes. California, right. Yeah, which is supposedly the most liberal, progressive state. Which is progressive as in progressive, locking motherfuckers up. Oh yeah, they're (laughs) innovating that. But so, so, so going back to that though. So where does that come from, anyways? How the fuck do you have such a progressive state like California that becomes the capital of locking everybody up? Like, how does that? Because it's based on the ancient. It's based on the Roman idea that you have liberty unless you fuck up. And that is the moral. It's not right because they set up all kinds of scenarios to get you to that point. When they first enslaved African-Americans, these people that did all that had to redefine African-Americans as subhuman. They had to literally look in their Bible and try to twist the words around and be like, well, they're like kind of like animals, so they don't have human rights. Mm. If they didn't do that, they would have had to not, they couldn't have done slavery in, in that way. That's what those broke, the Irish and the broke English were all indentured servants. They call it that because because generally, and this isn't all white, but I'm just saying this. Generally, white people don't like to admit they were enslaving their own kind before they turned to the African Americans. They were enslaving broke w- prostitutes. The lowest of the low. The lowest. I mean, the Watts of England, the Watts of Ireland, the Watts of Scotland, all those motherfuckers, they go, look, you're going to die here in this hall of dysentery penniless like you ever seen that picture of where broke drunks uh they didn't have hotels or anywhere to sleep and they were homeless so back in the 1800s they just tie up a giant rope and take a half penny and let drunks just lay on the rope that was their hotel charging motherfuckers to sleep on a rope there's pictures of it and it's disgusting in england in scotland in ireland that's how they treated their poor there so they said, look, you can have that or seven years in a hostile country baking, breaking your, your back for the tobacco company with the chance that you might work off that debt, you might get a piece of your own land. And they came here, and of course they they would break the you know the fucking shovel, and then the shovel would get added to their debt, and they would never get <laughs> off of that. And it started to create problems, and that's when they were able to, that's when they decided to use the African-American solution. And that guy came in and said, that's why race and capitalism starts to go together, because now you can say, well, that guy is not a real human. He's 80% human, so we, we can. He doesn't, he wouldn't understand living nice, hmm. right? So that, that's how you start all that, and then part of it also then, once you end slavery, you go, okay, well, we can't do that anymore. So what can we do? They changed the dial over to like what, what they do everywhere, which is to say, well, you're morally guilty. You, we gave you a chance. Hmm. We invested you with rights as a citizen. You had the freedom. Nobody could search you. The cops are supposed to treat you like an honorable person until they actually could prove beyond a reasonable doubt. But once you cross that line, no more fucking freedoms. Now you are a slave, and it's your fault. That was the whole setup to make California especially. And another reason why California became that is because California became a center of agriculture and manufacturing, right? All the slaves, 
all the descendants of slaves and all the poor white farmers left the South because the bull weevil and all these other fucking shits destroyed the crops. California was a huge agricultural... LA, I mean, I don't have to tell you guys this. So you had all of these people who were working. Also, World War II came in. All of a sudden, there was aerospace manufacturing and they needed that and they sent white dudes, right, to go to fight the war in the beginning. You dropped the labor force and so a lot of African Americans and women too came in and started filling these jobs. Once the war was over... You had these huge populations out of work. That was a problem. How do we house all of these people that were helping us with the war effort and agriculture? Now they're out of work and most of them are brown and black. What the fuck are we going to do? And they said, you know what? (laughs) We got a place for you. Three strikes. (laughs) And that is exactly why. And they would trick all these broke-ass hick towns like... Where Corcoran, Tulare right. County, and so these Kings County, <laughs> right? <laughs> Central Valley, Central Valley, and so the so so these these Visalia, these, all that shit, dude. right? So the governor would send his task force, some moneyed up fuckface, and he'd go down to this shithole town. And agriculture was actually at a time starting to die down. It was hard to find workers that would work for such low wages. They would use prisoners to do some of that work. They would bring in that at that time they were like you know immigrants from Mexico. Yeah, Come they on were up. bringing they were busing people from Mexico. Bus yeah. braceros, and they couldn't sell no property because it all smelled like shit up there right and so but right by cheap grounds for prisons so they, then what they would do is they would come in and tell the town to get the town to say yeah you can use this land they would tell the town listen you're gonna see an economic revival like you've never yeah. seen before oh, yeah all these jobs all this blah 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 and then the prison guard union and all that stuff would just bring in people with seniority and stuff like that and nobody from the town would get the job and they would actually economically do worse than they had before Mm. We're gonna rename it the Chumahan Show. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. You'll be on the back. Uh, hey, of that's some, hey, he knows his history. Shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so anyway, that's how. Tell me, tell, look at, hey, Doc, I know that you went through your process. You started going to school. You started this, that, and the other. Kind of to share with me who, what you're doing work wise now. Where is your work taking you? So when I came home, I got involved with, I, I thought I was going to be a machinist when I came home. I tried that for a year and it was miserable. And so <laughs> one of my buddies, <laughs> it was. I, What's so miserable? No, well, the place I was working at, we had a bunch of older guys who were just like, I'm not going to show this young kid, you know, uh, what to, what I'm doing because then he's going to come for my job. Right. That was the whole trip. And I was like, man, screw you old guys. <laughs> um and I finally just like, you know what? I need to get out of here. And, and a buddy of mine who actually I was um, helping facilitate uh, when I was inside, he came home and he was like, hey, man, why don't you become a case manager? It's like you're, you're, you're doing human service work and yada, yada, helping people. And I'm like, I'll give it a shot. So I went back to school, um, started learning about it. And then next thing you know, um, a friend of mine was like, hey, you know, start sending me um, places to go get get a job at i went to a lot of places a lot of institutions organizations that you know i get there i do my interview and they're like oh yeah you're perfect for this job we want to hire you mm-hmm. and i'm like okay and they're like you need a background check and i go er. right well let me tell you about my background and i mm-hmm. tell them and then they're like oh wow we're sorry uh you know and i'm like all right and finally i went to salvation army and i just went to go check it out and I'm there and I'm talking to this guy and he's like, what do you want to do? What are you here for? And I go, I'm just here to check out, you know, your, you know, the facilitator job. And he was like, oh, okay. And he's telling me how much I'm getting paid. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do it. I'm good. And then some lady walks in and she goes, let's start the interview. And I'm like, huh? Okay. So we do the whole interview and she goes, why are you here? And I'm like, I'm just was here for the facilitator job. Just check it out. And she just goes, I want you to be my case manager. And I'm like, that's what I'm going to school for. And she goes, all right. And then next thing you know, after that, she goes, I want to hire you. Okay. So, and then the lady from HR, you know, hey, we need you to do a background check. And I'm like, here's my story. And she goes, tell that to her. 
So I went back to the lady that she was actually the director, and she goes, and I told her, and she goes, you know what? I don't even care. She goes, the person who I was sitting across from me, that's who I want to hire. And I go, shit, you're going to get 110% of that person in. And she gave me the job as a case manager during the pandemic mm. when COVID first kicked off. And I was like, holy crap, I'm going to be a case manager. And I got sent to this hotel where they started because they were housing the homeless in the hotel. Right. And actually, I was on the site and it was cool. I was learning a lot of stuff. And next thing you know, they it was Project uh, Room Key and then it came Home Key. I started running a, a whole other site. Um, they sent me to another site, started running that one, and it was cool. But after a while, you know, the freaking homeless people are crazy. Yeah. And they, they were driving me crazy, and I go, I got <laughs> to go, man. And a what, buddy, do you have a crazy story? Oh, he's got lots of them. Oh, story. man. Just, give I me used, a good hey, one. Give me a crusty. So mm. I, had, I had this one. I had a one guy, and he and um, he was a schizophrenic, and he's, <sighs> and he's all like... Um, uh, he's like, man, why are you always trying to tell me what to do, bro? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I go, I mean, there's a curfew here. There's a curfew. And he's all, man, you just like the warden. This is just like a prison. I don't like it here. And I'm like, dude, I go, you have no idea, man. This is not like prison. Mm -hmm. And he just like looked at me all funny and all that stuff. And I'm like, huh. And I'm like, I go, yeah, it's not like prison, man. And he just <laughs> he walked away. But no, I used to get guys on a regular, women too. I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'm gonna kill you. I had this one guy in a in a in a wheelchair. This dude was off the hook. He'd be drunk, riding around in his wheelchair. Fuck you, man, Anthony. I'll kill you. I'm gonna call my homies on you, brother. I'm gonna call my homies on you. And he, and he literally one day just hit me with the damn wheelchair, man. Oh man. <laughs> I go, you freaking really ran over me with your wheelchair, man. And I was just like, man, this, it, it, I used to get some crazy stuff, man. Um, the Was what's drugs a big problem in there? Uh, yeah. Um, not only that, you had some guys that just didn't, you know, just didn't give a shit about their rooms and all that stuff. I mean, because oh, you got homeless yeah. people. You can't give people that are free spirits rules. You can't. Because they're not going to ban it. That's not what they do. And we had this one dude, man, he used to just shit on himself. Oh, um, man, he shit on we himself. We had another guy who just used to piss in bottles and just uh, park them all over the place. I know guys that aren't even homeless that do that. And it was like, oh, my God. this I And mean, it, was, it was, yeah, it was crazy, man. I mean, yeah. we used to have people just trying to jump the fence um, and bring shit in. And, and oh, we had this one girl. This is the crazy story. This one girl, she was one on my caseload. And she used to, like, at night, just open up the doors. Fuck all of you. I'm going to fucking kill somebody today. Yada, yada, yada. <sighs> she just going to sick one late at night. And it's like, oh, my God. And I have to tell her to calm down. And she's like, hey, man, you better not fucking touch me. I'll fucking call the cops on you. And I'm like, hey, I'm not touching you. I'm backing up. <laughs> right. Hey, I, I just need you to be quiet. And I, no, fuck you. Yada, yada. And, and I was like, oh, my God. And this had happened all night. Finally kicked her out. Next thing you know... One day, I'm, I'm talking to one of the clients, and Anthony, there's a fire. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There's a fire. Oh. And she's like, there's a fire. And, I'm, and I step back, and I look, and freaking there's a big puff of flame coming off the back end of the hotel. Oh. And I'm like, holy shit. And I'm like, oh, man. So I was, I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I run around the corner to try to see what's happening over there, and there's a freaking mattress lined up on the back wall. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy, man. And I... Call the car, call the cops, call the fire department. They go to the wrong spot. There's so it's, it's still flaming up, and we have this one room where it's um, an open. It's a laundry room and all that stuff. I open up the laundry room and just smoke, and I see all the fire. I got to play fireman. I was like, nah. give me the fire extinguisher. <laughs> I was like, man, this is gonna be all right. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. Boom! Start getting the fire extinguisher. Smoke <laughs> all over. I'm like blind. Like, yeah, eyebrows melted off. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just like aiming all over the damn place, yeah, yeah. trying to put the fire out. The firemen finally come and all that stuff. But I was like, damn. And then one of the guys tells me, he goes, man, he goes, I know who did it. He goes, I seen her the other day carrying a mattress, and oh, I was wondering what she was going yeah, with it. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that crazy chick. She did that. <laughs> but yeah, they, they. They they were driving me crazy. I was at the point where I was like, man, I, I'm gonna do something stupid here. Yeah. <laughs> so you got out of there. I got out of there, and a buddy was um, who was working for an organization called ARC Anti Recidivism Coalition. He was mm -hmm. part of a the Hope and Redemption team, which went into the prisons and facilitated groups. His all bro, they're hiring. 
And I go, you know what? Let me give that a shot. And I went. ARC's got a big name for and itself. Yeah, they do. They got this grant to go into each and every prison inside California and do the facilitating inside the group. Uh, do the groups inside. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I'll go. I'll do this. And I got the job. Uh, I've been going to Calipatria now for about a year hmm. and going in there and I teach uh, three curriculums. I teach a, a, a board prep. I do CGA, which is Criminals and Gang Members Anonymous, and mm. I do a, a youth mentoring. And it, it's a trip, man. Because, CGA? Yeah. Yeah. Is it 12 steps? It's a 12 oh, step. Oh, yeah. But it's about criminals and, I mean, criminals I, and gang members. It's a yeah. whole different thing. And you got a sponsor and a sponsor. All, all that, that. All that. You work steps, all that. Holy Because you got to figure, because you have, you have gang members and criminals who aren't addicts. Right. So they can't really grasp the whole addiction thing when you give them an AA or NA. Yeah. It's like, I'm not an addict. Why in the hell am I here? Right. But if you think about it, being a criminal and a gang member, you're addicted to the lifestyle. Yeah, criminal activity. <sighs> right. You're addicted to it. And so that's... And, you're and power, that's where you, you have went. to say you're powerless to, over... Oh, you're yeah. powerless over it. The fucking... The literature is CGA, bro. Wow. Because right. everything comes down to a reward system. Because if you think about it, an addict is looking for that reward. Right. I'm going to get my fix. Yeah. The gang member is looking for the praise. Right. The criminal, I got the sack. I got it. I got whatever I was stealing, I got it. Yeah. And it's gonna get worse. It's I'm gonna steal something more. Right. And there's a there's some sort of internal reward chemistry reward that at goes the end that you're yeah. looking for that you keep getting addicted to and it gets worse and worse and worse. Sure. Man. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, so I go in there and it's it's weird, man. I I yeah, it's 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 something because I got triggered, man. I've been triggered in there. The first time I went into a prison, just for a graduation, went to the visiting through the visiting. Yeah. And we had this officer who just was just like being like real disrespectful to us. And I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, what's happening here? I'm like in my mind, I'm like, what's going on? What's going on here? And then something clicked. And it's like, man, now I remember what my mom used to tell me because it was we went to Lancaster. And my mom used to hate going over there because they were always freaking just on her. Like, you can't wear this. You're not going in. You got to take this off. Go get some other clothes. And I was just, I was hearing all that in my head when this lady was just going off on us. And I was like, man, as soon as I was done and I got on the phone, I was like, mom, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for putting you through this shit. Yeah, I, go, wow. I just got a taste of what you were talking about. And it's stuff like that. And another thing was when I started going to Calipat, we used to have a, um, groups in the visiting room. And I didn't have keys or nothing. And, and one day I asked the cop, I goes like, hey, man, um, I need to use the bathroom. And he's on the other side of the podium. And I'm just standing there. And he just, like, didn't even look at me. He just, like, reached down, grabbed his keys, and threw them at me. And I grabbed them, and I just froze. Now, I'm considered staff at that mo at that time. Right. And But I froze. I was like, holy shit. And I th I'm like, man, this is a setup. In my mind, I'm like, this is a setup. Yeah, where, yeah, where are the yeah, cops going to yeah, come in yeah, and grab yeah, me, man? Right, yeah. <laughs> and I just like, and he just yeah. like was, went back and he's just like his head down. He's not even looking at my reaction. And I just stood there for like a good minute and a half, literally. And I said, okay, I'm just going to walk away now. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it was weird. Another thing was when I went to the bathroom one day, only person in the visiting room. I went to the bathroom same place where we used to go to the bathroom at yeah. and i go i come out i'm the only one in there i start taking off my pants after i'm done <laughs> peeing in the, it's a room you go to the bathroom you come out yeah. and you're in a big room yeah. i start taking off my pants and i'm ready to pull them down i'm like what are you doing yeah and it's like because when back in the day when you used the bathroom when you were done you had to strip down <sighs> i got triggered I was back, wow. back in and I'm like, man, I'm ready Muscle to start stripping. But I'm, yeah, exactly. And I was the only one in there. And I'm like, oh, man, you're a freaking idiot. I mean, oh, it's 28 like, years. That's 28 years, bro. <laughs> 20 years, 20 years. Tell you, everybody I know, when they take their first shower in the outside, they get in the shower with their with boxers their, on. That's your that, favorite question. Or their question. shower shoes. Or the shower shoes. You're always asking me, like, hey, when you took your first shower, did you have your boxers on? Uh, yeah. Did you wash them? Did yeah, you wash yeah. your socks in the shower? Right. Oh, no, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Normal people would be like, 
may even make sense to you when you first get Oh, yeah. I just put my hair. Yeah. It's dry. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, got fresh underwear. <laughs> Anybody else look at you like, what are you doing? Huh, we got washers out here. We got washers out here. have to live like that no more. Uh, that's but I, I, I love what I do. I, I go in there and I talk to the guys. The thing about it is, is they are so grateful, mm. so thankful that me and my team, we go inside the prisons and we're showing them, we're giving them the recipe. Mm-hmm. Look, if I can do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And that gives them hope. Right. And that's what it is. It's about giving them guys hope and trying to change the mindset, change the mind, change the behavior. That's um, true. But it, it, it becomes Dyer. up to them. It becomes up, yeah, like You're I tell them. You're a hope dealer. I'm a hope dealer. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, I might have to steal that. Um, it's 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 amazing that they really do feel some kind of way about it. And I, like literally every time I show up, it's thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you. too, man. I mean, look at bro, but you're going in there, man. It's like there's not a lot of guys in there that they're gonna all all sorts of funny style people might show up, but a a dude that actually was in there that's coming from there that did a license. Like, you come in there and yeah, I'm sure there's the people that could have whatever attitude with you, but for the most part, dog, like you're gonna gain the respect because you did the time. You're not going in there talking about something you don't know about yeah. you know like that's a you're a real bright light for those guys brother i can only imagine that you're an extremely light bright when you go in there for them yeah you know? i mean it's it's cool i i love what i do i love what i, I hate the drive it's a three-hour drive out there but <laughs> but i love what i do it's and it's hot as hell out there but i just I like being around. They're, they're my people, man. It's you know what I mean. They're yeah. my people, and I tell you, I go, I tell them that. I go, you guys are my people, man. I go out. Not anybody could do this because literally, I have all my inner circle is ex-lifers, and a lot of them even tell me, "Why are you going back?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, because think about it. If we had somebody back in our time doing that for us, don't you think the mindset would have been changed a long time ago? I go, that's why I'm doing it, man. Because right. we didn't have that. They have right. that now. Right. And so they're just like, man, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I'll get triggered. And, I, and then I laugh because it's like, yeah, I get triggered too. <laughs> they just ain't built for it. But you are. Yeah. Hope dealer. Hope, hope dealer. dealer. Where can people find you on Instagram if they want to fucking buy some hope? Oh, shit. Bobby huh? Romero. Poppy Romero. Poppy Romero. <laughs> Poppy Romero, man. You just peep it out. You're going to see the post come up for the show, man. Uh, we need more people like you running around on me. Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate you, that, man. You're I, doing I, good work, bro. No, I love seeing you, man. You, you, you're you doing a damn thing, brother. You you are, man. Oh, you yeah, really we're are. Trying to, we're trying to win, right? Day by day. We are winning. Winning. You know, we're out here, and um, I'm grateful. And I don't take it for granted, man. Really don't. So, uh. Man, doggy, Anthony, thank you for coming in today, brother. No, thank you for the invite. I uh, appreciate it, man. Uh, um, uh, I love following you guys. Chumine and his workouts. I mean, he's not doing yeah. them like he used yeah. to, though. No, I still work out. I just don't put it up. I do. I got up at 4 a.m. this morning, brother, working out. Don't I was you trying work. to get with him, man. Chest hey, you went back. to San Diego for a powwow, and I'm like, where are you at? Where That's you true. At? Yeah, I was at San Diego at the powwow. That's right. I was trying to figure it out where you were at. I was down there at the time. I saw I was that. Like, yeah, it. I was over there at uh, UC at, at San Diego or whatever it was San Diego State. San Diego State. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was down the street. Next one though, dude. I'll I'll let you. I'll hit you up earlier and say hey, we're gonna be over here at this powwow. All right. Most definitely. Yeah, you love it. It's a dance and everything. It's so fucking great. When's about when's uh. When's uh do you you you'll still go to the Bachuva thing, right? The Bachuva yeah. thing? Yeah. I go once in a while. I mean, I went for the alum and mm-hmm. it was it was it was nice, man, just to see people from back in the day just hey man, wow. Just every you know, people uh are doing are you know, got over what their what their addiction was and doing great right now and some of them right still are came back, but as right, long as right, right. but I'm just glad that they came back. Sure. And just looking for the help, but yeah, I, sure. I, I stay connected. That's my community, bro. Yeah, they, bro. They, I, I told, I was talking with a friend earlier today, and about that, I go, you know what? I'm glad I went through there because they showed me how to live. They gave me love, attention that I needed. Because if I would have went to some other transitional housing, it would have been like, get the hell out, go get a job, bring back some money. And that wasn't, that wasn't basically. That's the, you know, they freaking like here, man. You know, let us 
let's give you some time to land and, and figure shit out. And we're going to show you some experiences that you never even thought uh, seen. And that's where I was like, hell, that's this is amazing. So It happened exactly how it was supposed to for it, you, it man. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's why this guy gets to come on. <laughs> he does good shit because he's about it. Yep. And, um, all right, brother. Well, listen, <clears throat> check in. We'll check in soon. We'd love to go get some food with you sometime. Most definitely. And, um, and yeah, bro, just keep on, keep up the good work, brother. Just, I'm just proud of you. And, uh, it's just good to see you and good to have you here today. It's good to see all of you. Too. Yeah, it was Thank great you. to see you. Great to hear Papi your story. Papi Romero. Yeah, Papi Romero. <laughs> What you got? Uh, Ovando Bowen, LLP, we were braids to court. Let the Tomahawks fly the best legal representation that money can buy. And. Hello. Sean, I'm Media for all your audio and podcasting needs. And don't forget to hit us up. Hardluckshow.com. Gentlemen. Oh, come on in, Salmon. Get in there, Salmon. Get in there, Salmon. Get back in the go boat, Salmon. And, uh, go ahead and uh, head over to Dragon Bags. <laughs> head over to DragonBags.com. D-R-A-G-G-I-N-T-A-G-Z. Why that Z? Because they always sleep it on me, baby. And go to my IG. Beyond Dragon. No, 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 no. Go ahead and get in there, Mike. Check it out, Mike Angelo Photography. Give it all to Mike. Give all the bionic sound systems, and you also got my ice cream man now too. So check it out. You're nice. Oh damn! The ice cream oh, man. Damn. The ice cream man. Tell him. Yeah, he's going in Orange County. He's delivering ice cream to country clubs and scaring white people by saying hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right, like we do about this time. Look. Oh, by the way, our sponsors: Vibes, Rolling Papers, Cookies, and Enzo's Pizzeria. Always listen to Hard Luck Show Mondays and Thursdays. We're out here. Peace. One thousand One thousand One thousand What is the biggest woman you've ever been in? Five hundred pounds. No, don't don't think no, I'm the biggest woman I have? Seriously? Three hundred. Putin.